Hey everyone, it's Caleb. I'm so excited that you've decided to spend a few minutes of your day here with me listening on the Learner's Corner podcast. Today, I am talking with hip-hop artist. He's not just a hip-hop artist. He's so many things, but I'm talking with Propaganda, who is a poet, political activist, husband, father, academic, and MC, and hip-hop artist as well. And super excited to bring this conversation to you. Propaganda is somebody that I mean, I've been following him uh, just for a really long time, and so super excited to uh, just bring this conversation to you today. Before we dive into the conversation, though, I do want to let you know, if this happens to be your first time listening to The Learner's Corner, I want to tell you a little bit about us and what we do here. There's really two guiding beliefs or two core beliefs that inform The Learner's Corner. The first is this, is that we want to be a safe place to have difficult conversations. And um, if if you're like me, you've probably realized that there's just certain things, there's certain subjects, there's certain topics that are almost like off limits for people. Or maybe they're just like, you have made them off limits for other people because you know that talking with them about certain subjects, about certain things, certain um, whatever it might be, um, politics or, or anything like that, you just know that it's just not going to go well. And it may not be well for your relationship with this person either. Well, here on The Learner's Corner, we want to create a safe place to have dialogue around those um, those subjects, the ones that maybe could be considered controversial or um, there's a lot of uh, heated opinions on either side of such things. And so that's why we talk with the people that we talk with. And we're going to get into um, some great stuff uh, to talk about with propaganda here in just a little bit. But the other thing is that we truly believe that we can learn from anyone and from everyone and from anything and from everything and that we don't need to agree with someone completely or 100% in order to learn something from that person. And sometimes it's learning from the things that they did well and other times it's learning from the things that they didn't do well in that, which kind of like on a little bit of a side note, no one gets it right 100% of the time. It's uh, it's a little bit of what um, you know, uh, what is so- sometimes commonly referred to as the great man theory that we that we idolize these people so much that they that they can't make mistakes, and uh, everybody does, everybody fails, everybody has situations to where they failed, to where they they chose the wrong thing instead of doing the right thing, or maybe they chose to do nothing instead of doing something, in that. But regardless of all of that. We can learn from people. We can learn from their failures. We can learn from their successes and and where they got it right and where they got it wrong. Now, as I mentioned today, I am talking with Propaganda. And let me tell you a little bit about him. As I mentioned, he is a poet, political activist, husband, father, academic, and MC. He has received degrees in illustration and intercultural studies before dedicating his life to hip hop and poetry. He co-hosts the Red Couch podcast with his wife, Dr. Alma Zaragoza Petty. And I think I got that right. Um, And uh, which is a great podcast. I've listened to Red Couch for a long time. Very insightful. Um, Very enlightening as well. And highly recommend. And he hosts the Hood Hood Politics with Prop on the iHeartMedia Network. We talk with him a little bit about that in my conversation. He also has released uh, this brand new book called 
Terraform, Building a Better World. He has also released an album called Terraform to go along with said book as well. And so we're going to dive into uh, the conversation here in just a second. I do want to say, if uh, if there's something that you would love us to cover on the podcast, talk about on the podcast, please reach out to me or someone that you would like us to talk with on the podcast. Please reach out to learnerscornerpodcast at gmail.com. Would love to hear from you or just some of the things that you're learning from as well. Would love to hear any of that stuff. So that is all. Let's jump into my conversation with Propaganda. Well, Prop, so excited to have you on the Learner's Corner today. Man, honored, honored. Yeah, and just as we're getting started, we're going to talk a lot about uh, your brand new book, Terraform, which has come yeah. out. Uh, but before that, I did just have a couple of questions that I wanted to ask you because, you know, sure. now you're an author, but yeah. that's not the only thing that you do. Like, you uh, create music, you create spoken mm-hmm. word. I mean, you have uh, at least... Two podcasts that I know yeah, of. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, and I just wanted to ask, like, whenever you're coming up with ideas, do you have, like, a process or something to where you go through and go, okay, I think this might be something to maybe put in a book. This might be something to where, like, hey, I'm going to do a song. Or, hey, this would be a great podcast episode. Do you have any? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's no official podcast or there's no official process, if you will. It's just more like, I'm definitely like idea first, like idea concept first, like, you know, chew on it for a long time. And as the idea is developing, it's like you start figuring out like, hey, this is this is way too dense to be a song or maybe there is a creative way to do it. Um, You know, can I is there a clever approach that could fit in a poem or if it's like, nah, this is like it's too much to unpack, you know? And when it's, and when, if, if I feel like, you know, the poem or the song won't do it justice, then I'm like, okay, I need to think about some sort of long form, you know? And a lot of times once I get the long form out, it's like, oh, okay, actually I, I could see now a way to make it a song. You know what I mean? Yeah. What does that like, I don't know if rumination is the right word, but what does that look like for you? Yeah. Yeah. That is the word. Uh, it's, I'm in my head most of the time. Uh, it's a lot of data, a lot of input, like, mad audiobooks, mad like um you know other pods you know what i'm saying and just chewing and chewing and chewing and chewing it takes a like it really takes a long time i'm not the i don't put out even with music like you know i don't put out music every year a lot of people yeah. you know they do that or they drop singles all the time i just I don't like i chew for a long time and then i'm like okay i got it you know because i've been sitting on it for so long there's a lot to talk about yeah. What are what are some of the, you know, the ideas, the books, the people that have really been that you've been ruminate, ruminated on recently or the recently? things that Huh? Yeah, recently, right? Yeah, yeah, recently. Yeah. Yeah, so like obviously since the book, you know, dropped, I've had like the capacity to think about other things, you know. So, uh, a couple books I was really interested in like, you know, after after having to talk about you know, what I had hoped for, you know, this type of future that I hope we can imagine together. Like Mm -hmm. I started thinking about like, well, I know I'm not the only person that's ever thought about this, you know? So like, what are some people that have like challenged those things? So like the Smedley Butler book, War is a Racket, um, 
I went through that, you know, uh, uh, guns, germs, and steel, um, you know, uh, that book, um, let me see. What's another one? Uh, why fish don't exist. Lulu Miller. Yeah. So just these books that challenge, like, yeah, like it doesn't have to be like this, you know, Mm -hmm. and why is it, you know what I'm saying? Um, so just really kind of been thinking around, around stuff like that and just, yeah. How do I continue this, you know, this idea of like, you know, imagining a different future. Yeah. Yeah. So around that. Yeah. So what's one, I know that there's a lot there. What's one of the things from those that has been like, man, like this is like a game changer. Like you just can't stop thinking about it. I think in the war is a racket one, you know, and I mean, this takes, and that book's written around the time of like world war one, you know what I mean? So like, it's a super it's an old book, but the suggestion he makes is like, yeah, armies don't have to be offensive. Like they, you know, there's really no reason why your why your navy should go two miles off your shore. Like, why are they, are they going anywhere? You know, mm-hmm. and for somebody to step back and say, oh, huh, I know, you know what I'm saying? Like, wow, yeah, I guess you don't, yeah, you don't have to go anywhere. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if it's really for our safety and our defense, then why are you leaving home? Mm-hmm. And I, I, that was like an interesting question to me that I was like, Hmm, I never, yeah, that's like an interesting idea, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, another one was, uh, I've been really thinking about like, sort of how functional anarchy as in, as a societal organization works, like, and not in the sense of like, you know, when we were kids just drawing a's in circles on our folders like no no rules like no no as like a legitimate way of organizing which is has more to do around like mutual aid and shared power and and was like oh that huh you know what i mean so just like those type of things are the things like i've kind of been kind of chewing on recently yeah uh one one other thing I want to touch on real quick, and then we'll get in. I mean, we've we've been talking about the book a little bit here, um, but you do a podcast called Hood Politics, yeah. which is like it's different than the normal podcast that I would say, just because yeah. you know a lot of podcasts, you know, you're talking back and forth, and on this yeah. podcast, it's kind of like your take on, uh, yeah, on current events that are happening, you know, in the United States, global, all of that stuff through mm-hmm. the lens of, uh, through the hood and for yeah. through your experience. Uh, I would love to hear. What what have you learned through doing like a podcast like that, which is yeah. so different than everything? Um, I was very insecure about not having guests, which is why like I, I really at first didn't like push it through because I thought, man, like nobody's gonna listen to me every week just you know talk about what I think about stuff. You know what I mean? Um, so actually moving forward, we are gonna start mixing up a little bit, have some other people like bouncing ideas. But I think what I did learn is that um there's a lot of ideas that are actually, you know, uh, of course I'm coming from a lens of like, you know, my time, you know, living as a child in the inner city, you know, and then being able to, you know, serving my time in the burbs too. And, you know, and like using a lot of the stuff I, I learned from both of these experiences and seeing like different overlaps and stuff like that. I just learned that like a lot of these views are actually pretty universal. 
you know, these, these tools that you get, you know, and that, um, it relates to more people than I thought, I think is, is one thing. And secondly, I think what I learned in this was like, really to ask the question of like, okay, so who am I talking to and what's my goal for those people? You know what I'm saying? And I think that like, and that came from like friction and challenge that, you know, like, what is like, what is you even doing? Like, why are you, what is this, you know? And, and yeah, I think, and I think that like, I think I, like, I do have, I do have a mission, you know what I mean? I do have a goal. Like, it's not, you know, it's not, my show's not neutral. You know what I mean? It's not, you know, it's not left or right, but it's definitely not neutral. I have a bias. I have a lens and the lens is like us, you know, like I want to see more marginalized, disenfranchised people feel like their understanding of the world is legitimate and they should participate in the process of moving our culture forward. That's my hope. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to onboard you. I'm like, no, come in. No, let's do this. No, you are part of this. This is our world. You know what I'm saying? So, so I do have, I, yes, I have an agenda. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And I think that like doing it made me learn that like, oh yeah, I do. I absolutely have what I'm trying to do here. You know? Yeah. You mentioned that it was, you know, maybe a little bit insecure. It was difficult, like just to go out on your own and like this. What yeah. what helped you go like, yeah, I feel like this is something that I need to do? Uh well, the producers, when I started talking to iHeart, like, and I had showed them like, you know, nine or ten episodes I had done, you know, they were like, we were actually rather drawn to the ones that were just you, you know? Um, and that surprised me. You know, and I was like, those were the ones I was most insecure about. And they were like, well, it's because you get to work out the idea fully, you know, Mm. Um, you know, and and uh, and they're sort of like. Just the consistent like, man, you got something, you know, made me go, well, well, maybe I do, you know, and I kind of like leaned in a little more. Um, I think a lot of the stuff that like. Has like. Well, not a lot of stuff, but there's been been things that like have have really taken off for me that I was like, really, y'all y'all rock with that one? You know what I mean? Like this 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 is the one. Okay, well that's dope. I mean, I just did that. You know, I mean, I just did it. Like I didn't. Okay, so then now it's like, okay, well trust that. Like trust it, mm-hmm. man. We just did it, and it's dope. You know. So I think that 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 was the vote of confidence was actually from the people outside, you know, mm-hmm. of my own head, you know? Yeah. So you've written this uh, brand new book, Terraform. And anytime that someone has like releases a worse work of art or a mm-hmm. book or anything like that, I love hearing the story behind it. Like what is the, the, the thing, the series of events that led someone to go, yeah, I need to put this out into the world. And so I would just yeah. love to hear what happened with you with Terraform for that. Yeah. Um, so my label transitioned, the the uh, two guys in charge kind of like, you know, had a transition in their life. They went off to, you know, pastoring and doing other stuff. Uh, so they started churches. Um, the design team started a design firm, you know, so there was, there was nobody in the office, you know, as a label. Uh, my manager um, had kind of, kind of the thrill was gone with me. So he, you know, he kind of like, and we were kind of drifting apart. So, uh, that changed. And then my DJ passed away. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just sitting here with just like, 
what what happened you know um middle of that or during that time you know found a new manager uh you know he built a team and kind of just asked me a question and the question was like what do you want to talk about for the next 10 years and i was like sheesh 10 years okay uh well this better be a really big concept and yeah i came across the term the word terraform uh and then and my own, like I say, like I, I ruinate on stuff for so long. And I was like, dude, that's such a cool word. First of all, it just rolls off your tongue, dope. Um, and uh, so I, I, you know, did my little homework, science fiction word, you know, um, or it came from science fiction, uh, just the idea of finding a distant planet in the process of making it livable, you know, and I was like, man, that's such a like, such a undertaking that it just made me think about like, man, we should do that here. Like, cause I'm like, earth is getting less livable. You know, why would we go somewhere else just to do what we did to that planet? The same thing we've done here. It's still us going over there. Uh, and I was like, yeah, this needs to, um, this needs to be, this is a dope, like, springboard creative springboard into like jumping into all this stuff and i was like that's what i want to talk about i want to talk about shaping culture shaping the world and the actual planet itself because i'm like let's you know um i mean i just this the climate's changed like i don't it's it's at, at it's a far gone conclusion now it's like i don't even have energy to try to convince someone that it's true when it's like i mean bro the sky's blue dog you know what i'm saying so like mm -hmm. at this point it has to be like all right what's our role what can we do here we are we need to think of a different way forward you know what i'm saying so like all of that together us getting so even more polarized if you have any interest in history uh you know nation building then you should be looking around america like yo we on borrowed time like this is this not like this ain't happened before you know so uh i don't know why and I feel like actually they are every, you know, history professor across the world is flaring their hands as hard as they can going, guys, you know what I'm saying? So I just felt like there's got to be a different way forward, you know? Yeah. Uh, can you uh, just talk more just about the idea of terraforming, like what that can, what that can look like? Because it's such, it's such a big idea. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So the book is broken into like how, how, how that, uh what do I mean by terraforming? It's broken mm -hmm. into four parts, four different movements with like poetry and short story in it um, around these four movements, the sky, the soil, the people, and the possibility. Um, and this is what I mean by terraforming is like, first of all, the sky has to do with sort of an examination of what we already have, what's already here, you know, and in a lot of ways, we already do have everything we need. You know what I'm saying? And then when you move into the idea of like the soil or the ground, the land that we stand on, maybe think about the way for which we relate to the land, the way for which the things that the land gives us, you know, um, which is our air, our food, and every person we've known and loved. You know what I'm saying? The very building you're sitting in came from the soil, you know, the the metal that that makes the metal the the screws are made of that are drilled into the wood are all from the earth you know what i'm saying so like this yo this is a very important part of our civilization you know what i mean and then 
the people has to do with the way for which we treat each other, you know, the cultures that we build, like remembering that civilization's made up. It doesn't exist in nature. We, it's us, you know, culture's us. It's not something that happens to us. We are it. Which means that, oh, there's a possibility of something else. So that's the the fourth part about it. So it's like, what about the ground we stand on? What about the air we breathe? What about the people around us? And what about the systems for which we have, you know, erected to try to keep us alive? Let's examine all of this and say, there are things we need to tear down, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm not saying I know what that future is. I'm not saying I know what those answers are, but I am saying if where we are now was made up, then let's make up something else. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. What have you learned about engaging with people who, you know, you 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 want to imagine a better world, but they like the world that we're in right now, which I think all of us have probably, you know, had someone who who is like that to where we we have different ideas or uh, about uh, about the type of world that we want to live in. What have you learned about engaging with people who see it different than you? Yeah, I think that I have found that it's across the board nobody's happy with the world. And that's that's what's been so interesting to me. I'm like, well none of us like it. So that's what I'm trying to say is like, yo, this ain't working. You know, and I think for me the idea of saying this book is not telling you what the way forward is. It's telling you that we get to make it, you know? And I think that that's been, even with people I disagree with, has been sort of like the disarming part of it to be like, I'm not, I don't know what the way forward is. I'm just saying, you ain't happy with this and neither am I, Mm -hmm. you know? And the answer can't be, y'all just need to go away, you know? And we, because we both can't keep saying that. Because clearly that's not working. And again, anybody that knows anything about history knows that, yeah, that can't be the, that doesn't work, you know? So, so I was like, well, we, well, let's put our heads together, you know? And um, yeah, I don't make none of my work, my poetry, you know, um, my music, none of it's prescriptive as much as it is descriptive. Like, I'm just, I'm just looking around and stating the obvious, you know? Um, so I think that that's been a, a way that like I've, I found I'm engaging with people that I know I disagree with is like, but we're not even, what we disagree with on is the way forward. And what I'm saying is I don't know the answer. I know what's not the answer. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but yeah, none of us like what, where we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things, uh, that, uh, as I was reading through the book, one of, and I think you just briefly touched on it is the the dark side of terraforming as well as you know we talk about you know we we can build a better future as yeah. well. Um, but it, I mean, it, at times there's people who want to build a a, a darker future yeah. or an idea that that benefits themselves and yeah. people who are like them. Um, but you can't yeah. you don't always know that you're on that path. Yes, and I would just love your thoughts on like what are some of the like I don't know if it's the warning signs or things to where it's like yeah you might be on the path to a not to a dark future. Yeah, I think it's those things to where you're like your ideas a lot and your success. I think the first thing is is when it's predicated on someone else losing out for you to for you to succeed. You know, when you have when any when your worldview has a zero sum sort of situation, you stratify 
And that means that like your success again is built upon someone else not succeeding or not getting. I think that that way is like, yo, this is, here's your first warning. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I, and of course there's like some stuff that's like, I get it. And you're like, okay, if there's one turn up, I'm like, I'm going to feed my children instead of my neighbor's children. My children are more important to me than them. And I'm like, yeah. Here's the thing. I totally agree. I mean, because I would feel the same way. But I'm like, but why? But why? But why does? But why does feeding my children have to? Like, why? You know what I'm saying? So I'm saying interrogate that. Well, you say we'll split the turn up in half, and I'm like, well, so we can both be almost hungry. And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I'm just saying that. Like, I want to interrogate the idea that that's the way we think about the world. You know what I'm saying? Because I think that that has led to the pain and suffering of where we are now, where there's entire countries who don't even have a vaccine while we're arguing over whether we should take the boosters or not. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, this, something about this is not healthy, you know? Yeah. It kind of like on that, what have you learned just about how to engage well in topics that there isn't like a clean, easy answer? for it? I think it's holding your answers loosely. I think it's like, it's having an open hand, coming humbly, again, being more descriptive than prescriptive. And I think it's acknowledging the other's grievance. I think oftentimes when somebody's like presenting something preposterous, we want to talk about what we, what we feel about that is preposterous. But oftentimes I find that it's coming from a very legitimate place, like a, a, a real hurt or a very skewed misunderstanding of the world. Like use the use the the most the most debased like example would be like, well, what if you're talking to a Nazi or a white supremacist? You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm like, okay, well, you have a very skewed worldview, you know, and that's and it's toxic. And I need to talk to that rather than just be mad at your grievances, you know, because your grievance might be, you might legitimately feel that there is such thing as a white genocide, you know, that like, oh yeah, we're wiping out, you know, and jobs that used to come to me are now going to other people. And I'm like, oh, you feel left out. That's a legitimate feeling. You feel left out. You feel like culture's forgetting about you. I mean, it's bullshit, you know what I'm saying? But I understand why you feel that way because anyone else, when you used to something being handed to you, and then somebody realizes like, wait, we shouldn't just be handing this to you. Yeah, it feels like a slight. I understand. You know what I mean? So I think that addressing, um, getting past like, getting or getting above and behind to get to that, oh, you just feel left out and it's scary. Mm -hmm. It's scary to feel left out. I know the feeling of feeling left out, you know, because your success has left us out for centuries. You know what I'm saying? So like, I, I, I understand the feeling, you know, mm -hmm. um, and then try to slowly like walk towards, Hey man, you know, equality is not oppression. It's just cause all you know is privilege. So that's why you feel, it feels like oppression. You know what I mean? And, and try to walk towards, towards that. But I think it has to do with like finding the human, to human, you know, piece of that. And it's not always easy and it takes a whole lot of patience. And what sucks is like, when you're the one trying to peacemake, you have to be the more evolved. You have to be the one that's takes a lot more of the 
the brunt of the foolishness. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. What helps you deal with that? Uh, besides alcohol and marijuana, <laughs> um, a lot of rest, you know, a good, a good support system, you know what I mean? And like really just balancing, like f- not accepting that, like it's my personal, um, I and I alone, like I'm not a superhero, you know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. not on just my shoulders. This is a, a human Herculean effort. That's not just on my shoulders. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Is that like self-talk or? Yeah. A lot of self-talk yeah. to remind myself of that, you know, and uh, just the dope support system, like I said, and, and like, I take a lot of breaks. Like there's, I don't, I definitely had that, like, you know, child of a boomer, like work ethic of like, you know, you work all the time. You never stop working. That's the definition of success. And, you know, I definitely have that in me. So like, and I spent most of my adult life functioning like that. And I'm thankful for where where we've gotten, but I'm also like, yo, I was tired half that time. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, what was wrong with taking a nap, dog? Like, what's wrong with a nap? You know? So I definitely learned now to like, I take, I take a lot of breaks. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't overwork myself, you know? Yeah. Talk. What are the signs for you that it's like, yeah, it's time to take a break? When I'm pissy, when I'm snapping at the wrong people, when I'm, I might find myself feeling salty. Like if I've been screaming something from the top of my lungs, from the top of, from, from the back of the room, and then somebody up front says the same thing and everybody like cheers them on and I'm super pissed. That's when I'm like, yeah, I should probably, I shouldn't be mad that, you know what I'm saying? That shouldn't bother me. You know, it's almost like the success of my friends. When I see like my friends succeeding and they're saying the same stuff I've been saying forever, then I'm like, I should, I should be happy for my friends and I should be happy because the message is getting out. But if I'm not, then I'm probably tired. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know, you mentioned uh, a couple of minutes ago about getting behind and getting above you know, mm-hmm. what the people are talking about. What are, like, is that just simple as listening? Is it more, compl- is it more complex than that? What's helped you with that? Uh, a lot of more understanding, like my own, like therapy, understanding mm-hmm. myself, understanding like when I'm getting in fights, when I'm like enraged, like what I'm, my marriage really helped in this. Like what is, what is really, what am I really angry about? Mm-hmm. You know, and getting your head around that, like about yourself to be like, Oftentimes, I it's like I'm really upset because I feel like my wife doesn't value me. You don't value my words. You don't think I'm important. You know, I feel like I treat you. I hold you in a higher regard than you hold me. And that hurts, you know, and this action. However silly the action is, is really just because I feel like you don't value me, Hmm. you know, so I just need. I needed to know that that's what was going on inside of me. And I know everybody don't have the margins to think about their own emotions and feelings that way, you know? So it, but if you are the one that does, then now you need to be able to be the type of listener that can hear when someone else is really upset to try to like either know how to ask the right questions of that person or to just listen so intently that you're like, 
oh, okay, that's this is what's going on. That's why I went uh, completely to like the whole like white supremacy thing, yeah. where it's like, of course, your your world, like I said, your worldview is is preposterous, but the 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 fear of being left behind yeah. is real. Yeah, yeah. Everybody deals with the fear of being left behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I understand that that's what's happening to you at a amygdala level. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, and and although I know it's not my job to like comfort you, you know what I'm saying? Like kick rocks. You know what I mean? Like, you know, that's not my job. At the same time, it helps me understand. And now when I respond and move towards, you know, the there's all there's all oftentimes there's a triage like sort of effect when it comes to being, you know, the person actively being oppressed while having to comfort the oppressor. You know what I'm saying? Where I'm like, well, your your feelings are the last thing that I'm concerned about. But but for the sake of the safety of me and mine. I need to understand your feelings, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then hopefully walk you off the ledge, you know, and, 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 but the triage is like, I mean, I mean, kick rocks, bro. You know what I'm saying? But I, but you should still understand what's happening with them. Yeah. Uh, you've mentioned it a couple of times, you know, you being more descriptive than prescriptive. Can you just tease that out a little bit about what that looks like? Yeah. I'm not, I'm describing rather than prescribing, like, Prescribing is like that's preaching. Like I'm telling you, this is what you need to do. I'm prescribing your medicine. This is how you change. I'm saying, I don't know what the hell the answer is. So I'm, I'm just describing the situation and just making observations and saying, hey, like, are y'all noticing this? I feel like here's what I feel like. You know what I'm saying? Here's what I've noticed. Have you noticed this too? It seems like this is resonating across the board. I'm pretty sure there's something else we can do. So that's descriptive, you know, um, but I'm not going so far as to say, and that thing is because mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know, you know? Yeah. 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 It seems like that is the very opposite of what tends to happen though. I feel like All we right. live in a very prescriptive culture. Yeah. And I think that's part of the problem is that sort of humility to be like, man, you don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> you have ideas. I have ideas. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But I'll present them to like as everybody else would present theirs, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh there's there's a couple of statements that uh that I've heard you say either they're either in the book or I've just heard you listen to in interviews. And uh yeah. I just would love uh just to elaborate because for me personally hearing them is so powerful. You know, I've heard you talk a lot about uh personal is political. Can you talk yeah. about that? Yeah, Carol Hannish. She's the uh she's the um the feminist thinker, you know, I think from the seventies that, uh, that coined it. Um, and what the idea is that like, and and another thing she said was like, culture can only be as healed as we are. Is that like, again, politics, culture is the relationship of humans interacting with each other. So if we're not healthy, our politics won't be healthy. So like, like I said, in the same way, I'm, I, I had to understand, like, the example of like understanding what's what is the hurt, what is the pain in me being angry, you know what I'm saying? That plays out politically. Why are we marching in the streets? Why are we demanding this law? You know what I'm saying? It's like so that personal. It is political. I am. Mm. I am. 
fearful of my life because of the color of my skin, because of the way for which we do policing. That's a personal issue mm-hmm. that is now political. You know what I'm saying? So if the idea of like them being two different things, I think her, her coining that is like, ah, that catches it. That's the idea. The personal is political. It's not, I move through the world in the political sphere, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. yes, so I think that's 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 she was specifically talking about like reproductive and abortion rights. Um, but I, I'm obviously I'm expanding on that in the idea of just just the rights of the citizen. Period. Like it's 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 all connected. Yeah. Yeah. Another one that uh, that made me stop the first time I heard you talk about is power makes you ignore the obvious. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's yeah. It's like. You because you're trying to preserve your power, you know, even and when it's like clearly this is detrimental, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're gonna ignore it, you know. Um, the you know, the I like the 1619 project and people like not wanting to teach, you know, uh, history as it happened in the world, you know what I'm saying? Is like, okay, you bro, it happened, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't understand what. What do you want me to, what do you want me to not say? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, this is obvious, man. Like, mm-hmm. our country was racist. It was founded, like, why would you, I don't want, like, why are you ignoring this? Like, this, what are you talking, like, you know what I'm saying? So I, I just feel like when, but it, at the core, like I said, at the core of that, getting, getting above and behind the core is like, well, you're trying to preserve power, you know? That has to be it. Is it is the idea so ghastly that you want to just shove it under? Like, but it's so obvious. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand. Like, it's it's just obvious. Like, the only other mm-hmm. alternative is lying, you know? And I'm like, well, get that what you want? Power makes you ignore the obvious, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh I know that that happens. I mean, that happens a lot intentionally of ignoring the obvious. Sometimes I think it can happen unintentionally. How can you, like, how do you see better so that you don't ignore the obvious? Like, does that make sense? Man, yeah. You got to, like, uh, you know, C.S. Lewis says reading, you know, gives you a thousand set of eyes. <laughs> um, so I think that, like, one thing is, like, yeah, you know, interrogate your library, interrogate your, uh, you know, your, 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 your podcast choices um and i think for me it's a matter of like listening to i I am i mean marginalized voices maybe that's it you know what i'm saying um but like you know you tap in like if i were to show you my like twitter feed of like the amount of like insert adjective twitter that i'm in you know whether it's black twitter you know, queer Twitter, whatever it is, like I'm tapped in, you know, indigenous, like, like I'm tapped into these things, Muslim Twitter, like I'm tapped in because I'm like, I want to hear and see and understand the way for which these same, whatever five set of events are watching over y'all or that like, maybe y'all not even talking about it. Cause you don't, you don't even care. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So things like that makes me like, go, yeah, like, like, you know, um, Somehow or another, uh, a poem of mine from years back, uh, I mean, almost 10 years now, it's a poem called Precious Puritans. 
uh, from our earlier record is somehow made it back into, you know, one of these insert adjective Twitters. You know what I'm saying? The poem I wrote on a whim that I, I'm an underground rapper. I was like, I don't know anybody ever going to hear this. You know what I'm saying? But it made it back because somehow or another John Piper was talking about John Jonathan Edwards. And now this poem kids, and I'm like, whoa, y'all talk about this poem for, where there's like a whole other, and that's, oh, that's that Twitter. You know what I'm saying? Like y'all the only ones that care about this. You feel me? No one else. We talking about like, it's people falling off planes in Afghanistan. You know what I'm saying? You worried about this. You worried about John Piper's thought on Jonathan Edwards. Like, this, you know what I'm saying? So like, but that is important to them. You feel me? So for me, mm -hmm. it's like, the way to like hear and see better is to be like, okay, this really matters to you. I'm not going to like minimize it, but I'm going to listen and be like, okay, I see because this is shaping the way you see the rest of the world. Like, oh, okay. If you like using, carrying on this example, it's like Jonathan Edwards is completely problematic and like, you know, was, you know, involved in slave trade and was a part of, you know what I'm saying? So free, so to venerate him, you know, of a place of honor, you know, will like eventually shape the way you see what's happening in Afghanistan. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, mm -hmm. so if you trace those things back, I see why it's important to you. You know what I mean? And, and that go, why you're so outraged about this, why this poem was so important to y'all, because it finally made you think about, you know, really should I accept these like, you know, very racist systems that have been passed down to us in our, in, in our churches. And then, and really question these leaders that are still perpetuating these things, you know what I'm saying? So I see why that's important to you, you know, and I'm glad I was able to play a part in that, you know what I'm saying? Um, but for me, I'm like, this, this was such an obvious piece of poetry that I didn't think it would have such a splash because I was like, this, y'all don't, y'all ain't ever thought about this, like, you know what I'm saying? And How'd you even hear of me? I'm just like this West Coast underground poet. Like, really? Y'all, you know what I'm saying? So, but I get it, you know, and it and it and it 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 lifts up a place of like mercy and why this is so, like I said, like crucial for y'all, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, you just listen to the margins. Like, what are the indigenous saying about, you know, climate change and how they've had to like they've been surviving it for years, you know, they're controlled burns. Like they were like, yo, we had to, we had the forest under control for thousands of years. I don't understand. You know what I'm saying? Y'all only had it for a couple centuries and it's raging out of control. Like, damn man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Left. We left for one minute, you know, <laughs> lost it all. So I'm like, like, we need to listen to them. You know, feel mm -hmm. me? So yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the last one that I want to ask you about, at least for right now is, uh, I'm not at war with the culture. I am the culture. Yeah. Oh, you asking about what I mean by that? No, I'm just saying, oh. like, I would just love your thoughts, like, just to, elab just to elaborate on it and everything. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly what it is. It's like, you know, we, we come from, you know, whether it's the religious right or just conservativism or even just, like, parts of, like, liberal and left-wing to where it's, like, everything's a culture war, you know? Uh, whether it was the Chuck Colson's of the world, you know, back in the day or now just, you know, it's, you know, environmentalists versus, you know, 
economists, whatever it is, you know what I'm saying, that everything's war, friggin' mask, it's a war. You know what I'm saying? Um, and there's them, you know what I mean? And then if you put like a, a like I said, a spiritual lens on it, it's like we you believe that you exist outside of the world, you know? Yeah. And and though I get it, you what you're saying is preposterous and not pr- practically happening. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and in the in the actual practical senses, you exist on the planet. You are a member. This is how culture is made. It's made of humans. You're a human, then you are culture. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So, so having an understanding that like, I don't, I'm not outside of it. I'm not at war with it. I am it. I am making it. So if that's the case, then it, it kind of puts this weight back on my shoulder of like, well, again, the personal is political. It all ties together. I am shaping the culture by my actions, by the way that I raise my children, by the way that I vote, by the things that I buy, by the things that I'm making culture. I'm not at war with it. I'm making yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, and I love it because it just puts you, it, it puts you in a very empowering position. Yeah. Too. Because you're, you're creating the thing instead of waiting for whatever thing to come to you yeah. or for you to wait for someone to create something to use something. Yes. Facts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, this quote that you have in Terraform is almost as if the solution to an evil empire is to build their own version of empire. The antidote to empire isn't another empire. It's kingdom. Yeah. Where do you see, you know, either, you know, globally, nationally, or even just in, even just in the church, like we're, where we're confusing, uh, empire or we're we're thinking it's kingdom and it's actually empire i think again it goes to the stratification it's like who's on top who's the gatekeeper who gets to say what's right who's who's the police who and then how do you enforce and police it you know um and what are you building so in an attempt to yeah like you know the example i try to give in the book is just this idea of like oh okay so you know, secular music's evil. So let's have Christian music. Let's have our own festivals. Let's have our own bookstores. Well, you're building an empire. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what you're doing, what they're doing. Like, it's the same, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, that's just not, if we're, if you, if you need something biblical, that's not what happened. And the example I give in that chapter is like, well, Daniel worked for Babylon. He worked there and was quite successful, might I add. Do you know what I'm saying? And earned Nebuchadnezzar a whole lot of money. So I don't, he didn't, he just made it clear that like, yeah, I just work here. You know, so I just think that like this, the solution is not parachuting out. You know, the solution is representing while within, you know, mm-hmm. um, again, picturing something better. Now, this isn't uh I was I, I what I was not trying to do was make some sort of case that like the solution to all of the world's woes is the Christian faith. I wasn't trying to make that make that idea, but what I am is again interrogating the modern sort of take on evangelicalism that is basically just just built another empire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Where do you see us moving from empire to kingdom? Like current, like currently. Yeah, I think 
people like, uh, I don't know, man. I think, you know, people that are like so less concerned about who gets the credit, what are, what is the, what are our modifiers? What are the ad, you know, what are our adjectives? Like, this is a Christian nonprofit. This is a Muslim not. This is a Muslim nonprofit. This is a Hindi, like the people that aren't, aren't just aren't concerned about, you know, those things. I think that the folks that are like, again, take Afghanistan for an example, like there are organizations right now that are going to going into Afghanistan undercover and rescuing Christians. Like only, you know, and I'm like, I just don't think that's, again, if we're gonna be Christ-like, I just don't see how that is your best representation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so I think those that are moving, you know, differently are those that choose to, to move, choose to move different in a way that says like, I'm not, that the adjective doesn't matter to me. This is, yeah. this is the way, this is the way of being, this is the way of going, you know, as shaped by my faith, you know, and, but I'm not so concerned about its branding. Like I'm yeah. just doing it because it's the right thing to do, you know? Yeah. I was going to say, it makes me think of like Jesus, Jesus's love. It doesn't, do, it doesn't ask whether or not you're a Christian or not. No. Nah. It just, it just loves, no. it just loves. It just did. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I just, yeah. I'm like, I don't, I understand in the sense that I have a comprehension of, you know, people drawing these sort of conclusions, especially because it's like, you're supposed to take care of the church, you know? And so I get, I understand, I can follow your logic, but I don't get it. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and, and, and again, I am not here to tell you what to do. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm just here to say, I don't think that's the way I want to go forward. You yeah. know, and maybe we shouldn't, cause I feel like we've tried that before. Yeah. And I'm like, and it's got us where we are now. Yeah. And I just think maybe this is not, maybe this ain't the way forward. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I've heard you, you know, uh, talk about and uh, put in your music as well is, um, is your dad being a uh, Black Panther. Yeah. And, you know, you talk in the book and you say um, that there are some, there's been some uh, incorrect narratives out there about the Black Panther Party. And I would just love to hear just your thoughts on that of what, like, what are, you know, some of the, you know, incorrect narratives or just like, just your perspective on that. One, yeah. One is that they had a unified idea of who they are and what they were doing. Mm -hmm. You know, you ask 10 different Panthers, you're going to get 10 different answers. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that, you know, some thought radical takeover was the way some thought black nationalism was the way some thought, you know, um, just creating a sort of almost autonomous zone that says, well, don't worry about it. We'll just take care of ourselves. Others that thought that like, we would just demand of the laws what we demand, you know what I mean? With mm -hmm. the, like the 10 points um, of the Panthers, uh, you know, so that's one thing is that there's this just united front. The idea that they were just like a foil for the clan is just preposterous. Um, in in that no they they patrolled they there was the armed patrolling of our streets as a 
watchdog over the police that were brutalizing men and women of color. It's very different than burning a cross in front of your house. You know what I'm saying? Like, there was no desire to terrorize. It was a desire to protect, you know? Um, so it's just ridiculous. Uh, the free and reduced lunch program, which was an idea of like, you know, uh, community aid that J. Edgar Hoover was the one that said, oh, this is their process of radicalization. He's the one that made that evil. You know what I'm saying? Whereas the Panthers saw a need and said we would provide for our own because we can't trust your money. Hmm. And you're not providing for us anyway. So, uh, so yeah. So I think that like the after-school tutoring programs, the like bus programs, the free and reduced lunch programs, like matter of fact, um, where the state got the idea of like the free and reduced lunch program was because of the Panthers. They was offering breakfast and food. And then the state was like, well, we can't do that. Well, no, we offer food. And they're like, uh, okay. You know what I'm saying? So I think that those sort of like understandings of just this, like, like I said, this like foil to the clan as like, they're the, they're the black version of it. It's just, you like, you're not, you're not listening. You're not really like seeing, you know, doing any homework. So I think that those are like some of the big myths, you know, and, and, but some were like any organization, some were actually like, yeah, kill whitey. You know what I'm saying? Without some of them, you know what I'm saying? But as an org, no, that wasn't, was the desires. The desire was the, to see the equality and liberation of black people and indigenous people everywhere. Yeah. Well, there's one other thing I want to ask you about before that. Is there anything that we haven't talked about uh, concerning Terraform that it's like, hey, I'm thinking about this right now. I want to make sure I say this. Uh, no. No, it's been pretty good. Yeah. Okay, cool. The last thing, the last thing I want to ask you about is I, I love how you end the book. And you talk about yeah. two different paths of being Michael Jackson or Prince. And Prince. Can yep. you expound on that a little bit? Yeah, well, you got to get into the book to get the full yeah, story. But, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Just yeah, give them the cliff but, notes. But the idea is like both of them were wildly successful, you know, culture shaping, you know, stratosphere, larger than life characters. One of which had an endless budget with made the, the, the best label, the best songwriters, the best musicians all behind him and you just you can't lose and then you have prince that's like i'm just weird i i do what i want i i ride naked on unicorns i wear pants with no booty i just do it and you're going to follow me you know what i mean and it's just the type that blazes a trail that says that like i'm not following the trends I'm not even going to lead the trends because it's like there's not there's nothing wrong with either of them, you know, because Michael Jackson led the trends. Prince ignored him. You know what I'm saying? It was just yeah. like, I'm just, just going to do what I do, you know, and you are going to follow. So I think that uh, it's just a question of like, hey, what what resonates for you? You know, what I mean, what's I think, um, you know. Uh, more modern, like I said in the a book, a more modern example would be like Drake and Kendrick Lamar. Like Kendrick has three posts on his Instagram. He posts today. His last post was two years ago. 
he just doesn't. He's not. He just. He's like, nah. I, I make an album. I disappear. Yeah. He just thinks different than the rest of us. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. He so could, he could go for almost four years without putting out really any music. Four years. Yeah, four years out of music, and we're all like, cannot wait, salivating, begging. You know, I don't know how many albums Drake's put out since, and Drake's one of the biggest stars in the world. Like, there's no, you know, what I'm saying there's no, it's not right or wrong. It's just what's your way of going forward. You know? Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Well, Prop, I know that people are going to want to continue to learn from you and yeah, pick up the book. Where's the best place for people to go to do all of those things? Oh, man. PropHipHop.com. That's PropHipHop.com. You can go to the book page. You get the book. Go to the coffee page. Get the coffee. Go to the music page. Get the music. Uh, yeah. Yeah. PropHipHop.com. That's also, also all the socials are also PropHipHop. Yeah. And the podcasts. And the podcast. Good <laughs> Politics Pod. Yep. <laughs> Come here, come hear me uh, talk trash, cuss a little, and uh, try to try to encourage us to participate. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Hey, man, thank you. I think coming out of that conversation with Prop, there's two things in particular that have really stood out to me in it. One is just the whole idea of um, of Terraform, which is we're building the culture that we want and and being intentional about that and realizing that our actions the things that we create through through our actions through our words through our works of art are 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 creating the culture are creating the world that we currently live in and i think it's important for us to look back and go okay is this the world that we want to live in and if it's not or And if it's not, what do we need to change to change it to be the world that we live in? I've been thinking about this this idea, which ties into it. And just thinking about an idea of, man, I want a life that I don't want to feel like I have to escape from in it. That I I want a life that I love and I don't want to feel like I, I have to fast forward through parts of my life because it's, um, not what I want it to be. And I know that there's tension and all that. And sometimes there's hard seasons to where we do want to fast forward through it as well. And sometimes it's good for us and that. But ultimately, I kind of want to just have this idea of that. I want to live a life that I that I don't want to escape from. And thinking of uh, just tying that back to building the life that you want, building the world that you want, building the culture that you want, of realizing what a crucial role that stories play. In that, and that's one of the things that has led to uh, my fascination with stories and and consuming that, whether that be through podcasts or comics or books or movies or um, or TV shows or whatever that looks like. But realizing that that stories are such a good platform for us to engage in different topics, to engage in um in in world building, as as Prop talks about in there. And I think the other one that he talked about um, was us just talking towards the end of uh, the two different paths of being a Michael Jackson or being a prince. Or not being a prince. I mean, you know what I mean. Being prince or the formerly, or the artist formerly known as, as prince. And that really hit me strong because I think I, I probably resonate more with the prince analogy 
Um, but it's it's tough to figure that out whenever um and being and being true to yourself when uh when that isn't always the thing that gets a ton of praise. Whenever that isn't the thing that um you know maybe gets tons of downloads in the in the thing of the podcast world or um or gets tons of recognition in it. It's it's a lot of times the the big hits the the show and not necessarily saying that that isn't a place but that is uh that's just something that I struggle with of just living in that tension and trying to figure out what is um what is true to me and how to be true to myself without forsaking um and not forsaking who I'm meant to be in it and not forsaking the person that God created me to be as well. And just trying to figure that out and living in, you know, just all of the tension that comes with that. So I would love to hear what stood out to you from the podcast. I would love to hear uh, any guest recommendations that you have for the podcast or any subjects that you would uh, love to hear us cover on the podcast as well. And the best way uh, to reach out to me is through this email, learnerscornerpodcast at gmail.com. Would love to hear from you on any of those things, uh, please leave a rating and write a review if you enjoyed this podcast. That would mean a ton to me. Hit the subscribe or follow button and you'll never miss a single episode of the podcast. And finally, I just want to say thanks to Prop again for being on the podcast today. Thanks to Sam Massey for creating the music for the podcast. And thank you to Garrett Oler for doing all the edits on the podcast and helping make the podcast all of them, just helping make the podcast better. And thank you for the listener for listening to the show. My name is Caleb Mason. And until next time, keep learning and keep growing.